0: Hello and welcome to This DVT Life. I'm your host, Renee Petrie. Hey there, once again, good to be here glad that you're all here joining me as well. I hope you're enjoying these stories and I hope I've got one here for you as well today that you will enjoy just as much or perhaps more. Remember, send me an email, I write back, okay? And uh pass along this podcast to your friends or your families or loved ones or people you don't know, whatever you might uh see fit, I guess. Um looking to spread the word and keep the conversation going as always. So, today I'd like to start with a confession. Um, this confession is about being broken. So, my story today is I am broken. Are you? I have a confession. I like to figure things out. No, actually, I should say the truth here. Sorry. I love to figure things out. And mostly, well, especially when no one else has figured it out before. So, I accepted a new challenge yesterday. To find out just what this broken toy nonsense was all about, a large group of DVTers and non DVTers were asked a simple question DVT has a concept called broken toy. What does that mean to you? 19 people responded 18 offering information and one saying that his ideas were in the book. All participants shall remain anonymous. Here are their answers It's like a broken doll. Chipped and missing its once best parts. It's a toy missing its most important part. Or no, actually it's there, but you can't connect them. Disappointment, sadness, neglect. It feels fatalistic, but I think there's also repair that's possible. It's somehow connected to resilience. Something that was once very light and happy and effortless is now broken. And now it doesn't hold the same power. It doesn't function as it used to. There's a feeling of sadness, that the toy is broken, either I broke it or someone did, and then a will to fix it somehow, which contains a sense of purpose and hope. A toy reminds me of the innocence of childhood, and the fact that it's broken reminds me of a feeling similar to grief. Something you wanted so much was or could be in your hands, but it got broken, so now it's not how you imagined it would be, or now that it's broken, you've lost it. It's almost like the disappointment of letting your dreams go. And some couldn't share their answer. Some used images. An old, old, old woman who must be wise at least, or at least on her way. Sitting in a chair and looking right at the camera. The photo is in that sepia print, so it makes her look older than she already is. And she looks tired. Then flip to the next picture. Same woman, painted white and with such a strong and clear look on her face, holding this rose and the expression of longing and life and wow. It was used to highlight that the juxtaposition and play with such contrasting things equals brokenness. Some were just blunt. It's every day of my life. And others told stories. One of the first bits of wisdom imparted to a novice quilter is that the Amish, who make some of the most simple simple but exquisite quilts in the world, purposely plan a mistake into each of their projects because they believe attempts at human perfection mock God. Of course, any quilter knows that you don't have to plan for imperfections in your work. They come quite naturally on your own. So I don't know if this bit of Amish folklore rings true or not, but the idea does. Really, it isn't how you're made, said the skin horse. It's a thing that happens to you. When a child loves you for a long, long time, not just play with, but really loves you, then you become real. Does it hurt? asked the rabbit. Sometimes, said the skin horse, for he was always truthful. When you are real, you don't mind being hurt. Does it happen all at once, like being wound up, he asked, or bit by bit? It doesn't happen all at once, said the skin horse. You become... It takes a long time. That's why it doesn't happen often to people who break easily or have sharp edges or who have to be carefully kept. Generally, by the time you are real, most of your hair has been loved off and your eyes drop out and you get loose in the joints and very shabby. But these things don't matter at all because once you are real, you can't be ugly, except to people who don't understand. And others gave theory. DVT starts to break the illusion of perfection. It helps adults and kids to play again, to realize that a car without wheels can still drive and maybe also fly. With the imagination, everything is possible. We may be broken toys, but we can still be played with and valued. And we we may have broken bits, but that doesn't mean we should just be put back on the shelf or thrown away to one side. It liberates the therapist, player, or facilitator to be present in the encounter as imperfect, damaged, and altogether human. It is an invitation to the other to come closer. The body of the therapist or player is available to be projected upon and played with. And some spoke from their heart. I am me, full of flaws and scars and insecurities. But I can often look beyond them and embrace myself. I have grown to own them and love myself through them. I experience how it gives entrance to presence, how it expands my own playability and availability for the other. The broken toy taught me that by accepting my failings, I can more fully be played with and how by embodying it in the play space, become a helpful mirror for the other. I think of the concept from a bit of a different point of view than some. Yes, it's about me and my brokenness as a player, but more importantly, it's the thing that gives me my ability to connect, to encounter, to play with the player. It's the reason when we graduate that we acknowledge an awareness of our own effed upness not as a narcissistic pursuit but as an understanding that our breaks, tweaks, odd places are actually the place the places that allow us to connect with the other. I am your broken toy because that makes me playable and that gives me the freedom to transform. I am not a pristine collector's edition me that exists in its original packaging or unplayable. I am a proud except when I'm not. confident except when I'm not. powerful except when I'm not being that has an increased awareness of my brokenness, allowing me to be played with in ways that a perfect, unbroken me could never be, would never want to be. It's not my brokenness that gives me this power, it's my ability to claim it, to own it, to tend to it, and to wield it as mine. Then I can get out of my own way, out of our way, and play, except when I can't. In truth, the longer I play, the more I realize this is one of the keys of doing the work well for me. A study was done where a large number of DVTers and non-DVTers were asked a simple question. This researcher is not sure we have enough data to come to any conclusions. What does the term broken toy mean to you is not a good question to really find out what broken toy actually means. What is the story of brokenness? How can I understand it and how can I live it? I'm worried that I won't be able to figure out and figure it out in time. So as always, let's start at the beginning. In the beginning, it was dark. And we wanted it to be light. So they said, let there be light. And there and there it was. And we wanted friends and fun and all that other stuff. And they said, sure, here you go. And really, we were like, well, what about apples? Can we have them? And they said, yes, but not this one. And we said, well, that's the one I really want. And then we took it, and then we were forever in trouble. And that's what being the broken toy is. You get what you want until it hurts, and then you are in trouble. Well... That doesn't sound that good, actually. The story of brokenness must have something heroic in it. Like the story of how I learned about the terrifying and torturous experience of hiccups. I was sitting on the couch in my apartment, and it was still somewhat mine, although I knew she was already moving in. Well, I knew a lot from the first moment I met her. Well, maybe she had already moved in. Actually, yeah, actually I think she had. So I was sitting on the couch, her couch in our apartment, and I was drinking a seltzer. And I had a hiccup. Panic stations, alert disaster, a cowering little puppy ran from a dead sleep from the living room into the bedroom and scraped her way under the bed. The puppy, not my wife. You see, for whatever reason, my dear little girl of a pup was terrified of hiccups. Even pretend ones. Burps, too. She would get her scared little ears on and take off. But not too fast. You know, gingerly. So I decided to try and fix this brokenness. Anytime I would hiccup, or anyone would for that matter, I'd say to her running away body, it's just a hiccup. And gradually her running slowed down, and it slowed down even more. And then I'd say, come here, sweetie, it's just a hiccup. And that created the pause. And literally those puppy dog eyes, and then a slow gallop away, and scrape, 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 scrape under the bed. But one day, in about the kajillionth hiccup, I hiccuped and said, it's just a hiccup with my sweetest voice on indicated that I wanted her to come close to me. And she did. Eureka! I fixed the brokenness. Scrape, 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 under the bed. Sigh. (laughs) For a minute, I did anyways. And she gets a little sweet kiss and some love each time there's a hiccup. And sometimes she stays and sometimes she goes. So she's not fixed, but she's a strange little pup that I love. So my researcher brain continued this quest to figure it out because it must not just remain vague like that. It needs to be defined. So I went to the source. He had already directed me to the book and then sent me numerous emails under the same subject line of broken toy that had nothing to do with broken toy at all, but I guess perhaps highlighted some sort of brokenness in and of itself. In the book, it talks about letting go. And that seemed very nice, actually to let go. Sometimes I wish I could just let myself go, just at the same moment as the subway is rushing into the station. I feel like the rush of the subway, that breeze that comes on by, the impending doom and the wonderful desire to have all that weight crunch my entire self. I could invest in a weighted blanket, or throw myself into a train pulling into the station. I guess I believe there's only two options. Sometimes, said the skin horse, for he was always truthful. When you are real, you don't really mind being hurt. I don't mind taking the hits and blows and bruises and skin knees. It comes from the desire of wanting the weight of the sadness, happiness, grief, the weight of being in the world. I wish there was something that could meet me in that. Something that could break me yet not kill me. Enter my wife. Oh dear, she is so lovely I could just die. Perfect. DVT attempts to open the boundaries between territories through various processes of negation, deconstruction, and destabilization. The fundamental action is to bring into awareness the prime discrepancy and the instabilities, and to apply them to these historical remnants. By opening us to greater variation and gradation in our experience, new forms of difference and desire can be generated, leading to the continuous revisioning of territories and greater flexibility in and less need for the use of power. I am afraid, though, if I'm honest. I can't even explain or put a shape to the feeling I felt as I paced my then-apartment and wondered what was going to happen when she arrived to pick me up. I had flowers. Wild flowers. And when the florist showed me, th- showed me them for my approval, I knew in the deepest part of myself that they were perfect. Giving up control. The fundamental challenge as a participant in DVT is to give over aspects One's beliefs are one's own process to the play. For to give one's own thoughts and feelings, one's body and one's self to another is fraught with trepidation, and to do this is to allow the other to transform and play with the contents of the self with equal measure. How we cling to our disturbances, our secrets, our pain, Thus, each person involved in the improvisational process will be having thoughts and feelings and bodily experiences and being, but only with hesitance will they be able to offer them into the play space. Paradoxically, when they do appear in play, it means that the person is no longer afraid of that experience. The mutuality and honesty of the play space strip the person of their disguises, of their armor, of their encumbrances, revealing them, though everyone else has usually already seen. Knowing on a deep level that despite this giving oneself to the other, one remains, or that one's freedom and presence remain immutable, is what we mean by reducing fear over beings' instability. It is a process of acceptance, of letting go, of mourning. It takes time. I had really just ended something. Well, it was ended on me. And it had been a long time, a long time to begin and to have it end. I needed to, but I was waiting. For what? I don't know. I guess some change. Giving up linearity, transforming to the here and now, has a unique role in deepening the process and encouraging participants to place more of their world into the play space. Continuing to play the existent scene while commenting on some suppressed aspect of the interaction introduces a meta-commentary on experience that greatly increases the sense of texture, complexity, and range of human perception. The player finds a means to represent their suppression of feeling without necessarily disrupting the ongoing scene. Emergent thoughts about their personal lives, feelings about the player, or divergent imagery are thus noted, and once noted in the play, the player feels more at ease about bringing them into the play more fully. The familiar, linear flow of the dramatic scene is disrupted, and one departs the path and meanders through the woods. The the natural enjoyment that attends such ironic moments brings pleasure to what otherwise might be experienced as confusing or confronting. I definitely transformed to the here and now and said Merry Christmas and found a new apartment. I was confused about how someone could be so fake and yet appear so real. In my new apartment, I knew just how I wanted to decorate it. I'm going to put all my things out and all the things I had to keep hidden where did you get these Renee? Oh, I've had them everywhere. I've had them for so long. They were just hidden before. And I will put all the things I've collected over the years and I will put them everywhere. I will put all the rocks I had collected on every possible shelf and every possible windowsill and every single place I can think of on the floor as doorstops. Rocks began to populate my space. I got a text that she was here and I was waiting downstairs Standing there with flowers, purple wildflowers. And I was standing in the driveway. And I texted back, Where? Where are you? And she said, I'm here. And suddenly I saw a car and someone coming out. I began walking towards her and said, Let's meet in the middle. And we did. Giving up privilege. DVT does not attempt to improve a person, reduce neurotic conflict, or repair character flaws. Rather, those pervasive aspects of our lives are revealed more fully, and responses of shame, embarrassment, deceit, and anxiety over the revelation are replaced by responses of insight, humor, acceptance, forgiveness, and oh well. Like all play objects or toys, we eventually break and are broken through mishandling by others. We have missing parts. We can't turn or talk like we used to. Our batteries are low and our buttons do not work. Yet, though imperfect as we are, the desire for play overcomes, and we can be held and played with, be cared for and give pleasure to, and be kept in the playroom or bedroom or toy chest for many years, just as we hold our loved but broken ones close to us. This is what being here is all about. The play are models for the player. I am your broken toy. I sat in her car and told her about my day, and within five minutes I had spoken about where I work, here the trauma center and had the and had spoken the word rape at least a few times i had to lean against the wall while i was sitting to hold on to hold on to the wall and to not literally fall over with how nervous and just how floored i was hanging on to the wall so i wouldn't be floored i remember feeling like this is going so well and at the same time thinking what am i doing why can't i keep it together giving up objectivity DVT assumes that all participants are struggling, with life's demands, and on many fronts are not succeeding. That everyone has deep-seated problems of thought and behavior, tremendous limitations of mental, emotional, and physical capacity, and that all of these are active within DVT sessions. The purpose of DVT training is not to achieve some altitude of reasoning, wisdom, or empathy, but to learn the skills necessary to conduct DVT sessions. In general, when an inhibition in the play occurs due to a limitation of the player, then the goal is to place that limitation into the play space so it can be commented on and played with. The player's countertransference or psychological limitations are assumed to be present, but are only of concern if they are interfering with the player's ability to play. The player's behaviors may be inhibiting the player's capacity to play for many reasons, not simply countertransference. The issue for the player is to be able to notice this inhibition and to offer new variations, regardless of the source of the problem is. The issue is, really, you don't tell us how. Really, you write down an idea, a few thoughts, and we try to do them without really knowing the direction we're supposed to turn. When do we give up linearity or privilege or what combination of all of them and how? You know, I really want to figure this thing out. The text says one thing, and I'm about to say something very different. Or maybe just the same thing, just said differently. And since I have suggested in this title that I am broken, perhaps I should start there. Brokenness is not about giving up control, linearity, privilege, and or objectivity. Not even in the slightest. Brokenness is about knowing these things, and trying to do these things, and failing. I hate failing. Anyone else fall into that category? Yeah, it's something I don't like at all. And my brokenness is closely related to this, the fear I have about failing and the equally big fear I have about not failing. And I—and it it is fear that brokenness is all about. My greatest achievement has been able to say I'm afraid and still stand, still hold steady, unknown of what was going to happen, to admit that I don't know and to really, truly be okay with that. That I really don't know everything about you or you or you or even you, and I don't even really know about myself at times. I'm broken because if I wasn't not let's say if i if I was unbroken, I would know, and I'd know that was just w- what was just going to happen and who and how it was going to progress, and I would know you and be able to tell you about it with sheer accuracy. Brokenness is about knowing that you don't know. And still you take the chance, over and over and over again, to find out, to only again be reminded that you don't know. So yes, I am indeed broken, because of all the times that I tried to give up every aspect of control, linearity, privilege, objectivity, and failed. I am broken because I love to cling on to the things I think I figured out, I love to predict the storyline to have what makes me feel comfortable and I relish to have my own opinions about everything and everyone. I am broken because I failed yet I will try again and in my trying reveal my failing to you and own it and say it's mine. I have these things and I'm trying to get rid of them but here they are again interrupting this amazing DVT session I was just doing. Here they are. I am broken because I know these things very well, and I forget them almost instantaneously and pretend that I too am just a human in the world trying to better themselves. I can stand here today and proudly say that I am broken, but I am not really sure why or how that's helpful. I am broken because I am okay with not knowing if I were ever achieve something other than being broken. So, I say once more, I am broken. Are you? So there you have it, another episode down, and hopefully the conversation's still going strong. Feel free to give me an email at thisdvtlife at gmail.com if you have any comments, questions, or any story ideas. Don't forget to subscribe at your iTunes store. Thanks again for listening. Take care and play on.